when we make a decision together or we come with like, I want something, it's not like we're coming to each other and asking for permission. This is a very different thing. What we're doing when we're making decisions together is we're coming together to align about the decision. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 12. Welcome back. This is our 12th episode out of 12. 12 out of 12. We did it. Congratulations. (laughs) We committed to 12. And then we reassessed. Yes. And we decided for 2023 that we actually do want to continue, but drum roll about, thank you. We would like to do, or we are going to do, we're committing to do another 50, five, zero podcasts total in 2023. Yay. (laughs) It's going to be a challenge for us. We're going to come up against resistance and procrastination and I don't want to, and I have nothing to say and blah, 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 but we're going to do it. And fun. And fun. So it's fun. <laughs> so we hope that you will join us and please keep reaching out to us and let us know the impact, how you're enjoying the show, what you'd like to see more of, what you'd like to see less of. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Yes. So today on this podcast, we thought we would talk about another vow that we have. That is, of course, an agreement turned into a vow. And the agreement is that we put the we first when making decisions. This feels like an important topic for us because usually and historically, I think in your relationships and my relationships, it wasn't about putting the we first when we made decisions. It was about putting the I first. Yes. And sometimes in good times, it would be, I want this and what do you want? And then there would be a a negotiation and some kind of agreement that would come, you know, we would come to. Right. So it's more like a transactional, here's what I want. What do you want? Let's make sure you get what you want kind of thing. Tit for tat. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it makes the world go round in a particular way, but we are practicing something quite different here. So we wanted to explain some of the details today. Yeah. Inside the context of a partnership, whether it's intimate or business, we find that operating this way from a we perspective really makes a huge difference in terms of accomplishing our goals, staying aligned with what we're up to together, and also really staying connected. Yes. It really supports the we can do more than I can point of view. Absolutely. Okay. So let's get into the nitty gritty of details. What do we mean by putting the we first? Yes. Why don't you kick us off? Okay. So whether it's a big decision, like significant impact financially or lifestyle or something like that, or a small decision like schedules or hanging out with friends or... How to fold socks. (laughs) Exactly. Well, 
We actually kind of do align on that, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> we we like to come to each other and talk about these decisions. And it's really about finding full alignment, a yes, yes, a win-win in these decisions so that we can both fully back them and really have our hearts and souls into making that a success versus if we were just doing an I decision, like I'm like, hey, well, I'm going to go on a ladies trip next weekend. You know, good luck. See ya. I'm, you know, I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just telling you what's going to happen. Right. There might be some resentment that comes up for you, or there might be some things that come up for you that we don't talk, we don't get to talk about, or you might just complain or get angry or something happens inside of that circumstance where it's not like, okay, let's figure out if this actually, this decision actually is moving forward our goals, what we're up to together. And, and how does that fit for both of us? Yeah. When I try on that example of you coming to me and saying, Hey, I'm going away with the girls for the weekend and good luck with that. I am aware that this is a great example because it brings up for me a confusion about how does this actually support what we're up to together and get us closer to our goals that we have mm-hmm. as a unit. But also how do you feel as my primary partner, if I'm just saying, Hey, this is what I'm going to go do. Well, I don't feel considered in the decision. And I think more often than not, when we get into conflict about a decision, the missing piece is not feeling considered if we're in a conflict. Right. And I think that, would you say that that happens for you also? Yeah. Well, I think that we've built the strength of actually coming to each other and and being like, hey, let's discuss this. But if you came to me and was like, hey, I'm going to go do this thing, period. Then I'd be like, well, I'd be like, well, hold on a second. Like, can we talk about it? And can we align about it? And I would feel, yeah, I think not considered is a great way to put that. And as though there's not impact or something, or as though I'm not a part of your decision-making process or something like that. Right. The other day I was reflecting on putting the we first and I put on a recording in Spotify of Alan Watts, who, if you don't know his name, he's a philosopher who has long since passed on, but he was a Taoist and Zen Buddhist scholar whose recordings are just totally awesome to listen to, so pithy and clear. And he was talking about the evolution of life on the planet and how going from very basic life forms like one cell organisms up to the complex life forms that we have requires a tremendous amount of coordination of priorities. So when you think about one cell going away from things that it doesn't like and going toward things it does like or want, it's a very different circumstance from the complex coordination of different tissue types and different organs and different needs and different responsibilities that say the heart has versus the liver. And so when I thought about the complexity of we can do more than I can, I was thinking about how these systems need to coordinate and collaborate together. Right. Assuming that they have all of a common goal of wanting to stay alive and stay healthy. Right. And they have different needs. And so it's like, how do we work together and collaborate with different needs, but with the same kind of goal. Right. Yeah. 
I love that analogy. Or it could be cancer where a small group of cells decide that they're going to go rogue. Yeah. Yeah. And do something really different. Yeah. And not. That is not supportive of the long-term. Right. Goals of the greater organism. Totally. Totally. And this is a good conversation also to have from a business perspective and working as a team and how important it is to have everybody understand what the goal is, be aligned with the goal and be for everybody's success in meeting that goal. Instead of somebody being in an I perspective of how can I win? How can I succeed? I want to be the one that has the best idea kind of mentality. Sure. And for solopreneurs, that kind of I mentality or I perspective can work really well. It's like you're a one-man band. You don't need to get alignment with a business partner or a team. You're just doing your thing, making your art or whatever you're doing. And there is a sense of freedom in not having to ask permission or ask for alignment or get alignment. Right. Which is a great segue into saying that when we make a decision together or we come with like, I want something, it's not like we're coming to each other and asking for permission. This is a very different thing. What we're doing when we're making decisions together is we're coming together to align about the decision. So permission for me is like, there's a power dynamic. Like We have to get each other's permission. There's a kind of icky, yicky energetic to that. Like, I want something, but I I have to make sure Will says yes, or you want something, you have to make sure I say yes, which doesn't feel good in my system. And alignment is very different from asking permission. Alignment is like, let's talk about this. Let's both get fully aligned to whatever it is, the decision that we're going to make about it so that we can 100% support the decision. Now, there might be places where we have preferences that we might have to set aside in order to align, but we're both on the same page, we're on the same team, and we're headed toward the same decision, same goal. Right. So in the example of a woman's weekend falls into your lap and you come to me and you say, hey, I really want to do this. Right. Then we go into a process. Right. Yeah. And if I were coming to you thinking I had to ask permission or vice versa, if you wanted to, you know, go on a guy's weekend and you're like, I have to get permission from Krista. Right. It's like, what does that feel like in your system if you're like coming and asking for permission? Well, it feels like a kid in um, relationship to a parent. And I'd almost rather steal the cookie than ask permission to have a cookie in that situation. <laughs> <a> good example. <laughs> so in stealing the cookie, what is that mentality? It's like, I don't have to ask for permission. Sure. I have my own freedom. Right. I'm free not to ask permission and I don't answer to anybody. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And earlier you were saying something to the effect of we actually find more freedom in gaining alignment than we think we would when we're in the ice space making so siloed decisions about what we want to be doing. Yeah. It's like that elevated level of freedom in my mind is associated with being able to do more as a unit than I could ever hope to, or dream of accomplishing by myself. That we can do more than I can. Yeah. I can't remember which spiritual teacher said this in a retreat I was in. It might've been Adyashanti saying that 
genuine freedom is really about freedom for, not freedom from. And so I think that's a little bit of what I'm trying to communicate is that freedom from being controlled, freedom from limits. Mom says I can't have a cookie versus the freedom for the greater endeavor that we can create together mm-hmm. that I could never create on my own, like the freedom for that endeavor. I think there might be something to hear about different levels of freedom. Like, yes, if you're in an ice space and let's just say you're in a relationship and there's some level of agreement or not agreement about making decisions like this, like if I'm just operating from, I'm going to make my own decisions, I'm not going to check in, I'm not going to get inclusion or alignment. There is a sense of freedom of, I can do what I want, but I think that the capacity to have a greater impact is limited. Right. Exactly. So if we, and that's what you're saying is if we can do more than I can, if, if we have alignment here versus a difference in what we're doing, then it's almost like the contribution levels can multiply. Right. And also the sense of freedom can multiply with greater responsibility actually comes greater freedom, not the other way around. Right. So I love that you and I get to play in this field together. Me too. It's really fun and rewarding. Yeah, it's rich. And it's taken us time to get to the place where like, okay, like how does this work? Like, are we like, what does alignment mean for us? It's not like from day one, from our first date, we've been operating this way, but it's developed over time. And then when it became a vow, it became more clear about how we're operating around decision-making. Yeah, I think I'm curious if it was the same for you. I I needed to really look at, is this compromise? Is this giving up potency or power to create or something? Mm-hmm. We really needed to take a hard look at that. And that takes time. And, and, and it's for us, it's not compromise. So maybe we talk about that for a minute. When we get, when we align about a decision, it's not a compromise or a tit for tat or the exchange of you get this, I get that. Right. There is a quality of, of equality in some places for sure. But I would say it's more like a mutuality of power Mm -hmm. in making that decision. And it's a continual reassessment of the balance of power and making sure that we have an eye on that because obviously if we're out of balance for too long, there's going to be a backlash or resentment or resistance or conflict. And as we know, if those things are not attended to, we, you know, can go, we can diverge and go in different paths and different ways. And we don't even know there's a bunch of stuff between us because we have a very high tolerance for disconnection. So for example, if you and I were doing I decisions but you and I were not aligned about those decisions, but we didn't talk about them, the resentment builds up. And then over time, our baseline of what we think is like what's possible here is a really disconnected relationship versus continuing to lean in with each other about these decisions and make aligned decisions. I feel like our foundation of connection is super high. Right. And we have a low tolerance for disconnection. Definitely. 
So when we come back from this break, let's do a little personal example. Does that Sounds good? good. Okay. Be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance, and now back to the episode. Okay, let's go into an example. Yeah, this is a real example that's part of the conversation away from the microphone right now, (laughs) which is, as I understand it, you see a big opportunity to talk more intimately about our sexual life together on the podcast. Yes. And can you tell me more about that and help me see the benefits of that? Yes, because you don't see those benefits. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's hard for me to understand what you see about those benefits. So I'd love to hear more about that. (laughs) So obviously we're not in the same place here around how to move forward with this piece. So one way to look at this is to look at what we're up to together and look at what our goals are together. So as a reminder, what we're up to together is to support each other's greatest expression and to have our relationship be of service in some form to the world, not just our private love oasis. Yes. And when we're talking about this piece right here, I really feel that there's some things that we could share about our intimate experiences that would really feel like I'm contributing to that up to by feeling you know, stepping into a greater expression of myself. And in terms of our goals, I feel like bringing 50 episodes this year is going to require us to really look deeply and to make contact with things that are very important to us. And I really don't want us to feel like we have to cut off parts of ourselves to meet that goal of 50. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's actual value in what we would bring there, which is other like one part of the goal is to have this be a valuable podcast. So what happens for you when you hear that? I think what I'm sensing is discomfort around the exposure of a more intimate slice of what we're up to in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Exposure because like what would happen if we were more revealed there in your mind? Well, I think it brings up different voices in my head about professionalism and growing up in the South and being trained not to talk about sexuality in public. I think it also hits a vulnerable place in my 
psychology about wanting to be perceived as having my shit together. <laughs> and I love our sexuality and it's an, it's an evolving place where we're learning a lot. And I don't at all feel like it's ever going to be a place that's completely like buttoned down and tied up in a bow and speaking from a place of, hey, look at us, look at all the wisdom we have for you about sexuality. Mm. That's what I'm aware of in the moment in terms of resistance or concern. Mm -hmm. So just from a, a meta level, what we're doing here is like really getting each other's worlds around what we want here. So I would say that we're not in a place of like alignment around a decision. <laughs> that Would you agree with that? We're not even at the place where we would align around decision because we're just getting each other's worlds first. Right. It's the beginning of a process. Yeah. And so the conversation so far has been what you just heard. And one in the place that we got to was because this was kind of early on, like episode two or three, where I was like, oh, I think we need to talk about this. And you said something like, well, I think we need to like, you know, get to know the audience. They need to get to know us a little bit. Like there needs to be a little bit of a courting going on there before there's, you know, we could, we dive deep into the stuff. And so we left it at that. Right. And now with the 50 episodes in front of us, I still hold my position. And it sounds like you still hold your position. And so, well, I feel open to your point of view. And are you talking about Fifty Shades of We? Is that the? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and by the way, I don't feel like we have like we have any like we have things to share about our practices. But by no means do I feel like we have like the teaching capital T T the teaching of you know tantric teachings with capital T. <laughs> 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 I don't feel like we have that all or or that's not our approach either. Right. Like with a podcast, it's more about sharing what we do versus being like, this is how things should be done. Right. Just to clarify. I think it would help me to better understand how talking more intimately about sexuality on the podcast would support your fuller expression in the world. So this is great. So inside of a conversation I'm going to in like a, a moment here, but inside of a conversation about this, it's really helpful to not step over something that you don't understand. Like if somebody says something just to take it, you know, for face value and be like, help me understand. So I really appreciate you asking that. One thing that I love about you and have come to understand somewhat about you is how interested and curious you are in sexuality as a venue or a playground for exploring these themes that we talk about on the podcast. So maybe it would be helpful to for you to share some of why you find sexuality so interesting from that perspective. There's a few layers there. One is that I believe that when we are really connected and we are in intimacy together, that there's ways that when used consciously, not over-intentionally, not 
something that isn't fun, but like consciously, I feel like that can be a place similar to what other states of consciousness can bring, like psychedelics or healing modalities. I feel like sexuality and that connection can help shed layers of where we feel handcuffed or where we are noticing we are subordinated in the world or help find truer parts and aspects of us that in kind of an ordinary day-to-day consciousness, those things are less revealed to us. And I feel like specifically sexuality and intimacy can be used as a tool to actually transform and evolve ourselves as human beings so that we can actually step into the lives that we want to step into and bring what we want to bring to in those lives. And I think that the way that I and we use sexuality in that form are learning to, not taught by anybody else, but just uniquely here, has a lot of, could be of a lot of value to other people. Yeah. And when I talk about this with people, they're like, oh, I've never even thought about that before, you know? And it's not that it needs to be like ours, quote unquote, or anything like that, but it's like, how do we help spread tools to help people evolve and become greater expressions of their self? And in the context of helping partners and couples, how can we help that couple bring more of their generativity and realness into the world to give their gifts? It makes a lot of sense. And there is a unique approach to sexuality that I didn't know about until I met you. And aside from the fact that sexuality is a, in my mind, a really juicy moment of we perspective versus I perspective, I really would like for your point of view about pleasure and intimacy and sexuality and the way we do it to impact other people and for their consideration of a different perspective. Right. Opening things up. Yeah. Well, thanks for being open to that. And I really want to care for the feelings of vulnerability and edginess and exposure that this can bring up for us. And I also really want us to be on the same page where we're looking at the why we're sharing it, which we're kind of doing right now, which is great. The next step would be for us to gain alignment would be to look at the benefits and the drawbacks together. And for us to take a real look at that, there could be a lot of drawbacks where we're like, ah, maybe not, maybe we want to do that right now. We might get there. You know, I can see the drawbacks. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I can see the benefits and there's a lot of sexuality out there that I've experienced and that probably a lot of listeners have experienced where it really is more of a tit for tat kind of, I got my orgasm and she got her orgasm and so we're good kind of thing. Right. And, you know, that would kind of fit into that other perspective that we talked about earlier today. So which one we can do? The eye perspective. Yes, the eye perspective. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go. We're not going to make a decision on this podcast about this. We're going to discuss and explore the 
benefits and drawbacks and privately. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We promise to give you an update next time. (laughs) And for my part, I'm going to explore the different parts of myself that are involved in raising flags about, is this safe or is this okay to do? Yeah. And I'm going to go explore like, why do I need to reveal such a vulnerable part of myself? Like what's going on there? Mm -hmm. And to actually get to alignment, you and I would either both be able to see more benefits than drawbacks. And then we would say yes to it. And obviously we would decide at what time frame we'd want to do that. Or we would both see more drawbacks and benefits. And we'd say, we'd, we'd table it and be like, that's not what we're up to right now. It doesn't totally align with our goals and what we're up to as a couple. Right. And from my own experience, one of the tips I want to offer is that you don't want to indefinitely put off a discussion that's really important to your partner because it's going to start feeling like a filibuster or some kind of death by dissociation or something like that. So, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> to honor what's moving through your partner, but and to balance that with taking enough time so that all the resistances or concerns can be talked about. Yeah. But to keep it moving. To keep it moving. And also, one last thing I want to add too is if you do get to a decision, if you and I align about something and then one of us walks away and the next morning or next week or next month, we're like, hold on. I'm realizing that I didn't see this other perspective. I'm starting to feel comfortable with this. Like, do not allow yourself to move forward without having that conversation with your partner. Really important. Otherwise, again, the resentments, the you're actually would potentially even sabotage the decision that you made because you're not actually fully aligned. Exactly. And your partner's going to know. I mean, right. It's going to be obvious, but you're just not going to talk about it until it becomes a rupture. Right. All the parts need to be accounted for, even the ones that didn't speak up in a timely fashion. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If this show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the art of we.